This is the Daily Wrestling News for January 12th, 2021. My name is Ryan Joy, and I'm coming to you live from Minutes to Bell Time Studios on the beautiful treasure coast of the Sunshine State. And I am joined today by the salesman of fun, Travis Severance. Travis, how are you? I'm great. Good morning to everybody. It's great. Have any fun lately? Oh, a lot of fun. We're actually up 40% this January, so there's been a lot of fun going out the door. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Great. Um, okay, so we have a we have a lot of stuff on the docket for today. Uh, we start our show with the ridiculously random non-wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day, followed by news. We've got Monday Night Raw to do a stop by. Uh, we've got straight up Steve Austin season premiere last night. Spent some time talking about that. Impact lineup, dynamite lineup, trivia, and then we'll get out of here. So what do you say we get the show on the road? I'm ready. Okay. diving right into the news first thing i'm going to put the random question mid-show okay uh, drew mcintyre has covid19 as announced yesterday uh and was kind of a thread all the way through raw um what do you think travis did they did, did they feature him well given the news so uh, i i thought his warning to everybody that they can get covid if they don't do all these things that he must not have done was fine but a little bit you know that's baby with the bathwater thing that said um i felt that his promo on goldberg was one of the stronger parts of a fairly slapdash raw and really uh i probably don't give drew as much credit as you do in general as far as what he has brought to that show into wwe i'm probably still a bit of a drew tire kicker and it became very apparent to me that he's kind of the foundation of that show now in a way that's different than how I used to get annoyed with Seth Rollins being in, sort of in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and man, what a what a difference the show was with him kind of on the sideline with what, I don't know, they had a, a slate Corey background for him. It wasn't the most, uh, I guess it was fine for, for Drew, so. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is that if you pull Drew out of the show, you get what you got last night, which, you know, there was a lot of wrestling on the show and a lot of recaps on the show, but he is the focal point, and yeah. it was never more obvious than last night. Even when you know Randy Randy had the title for a week or two, the focus was on Drew getting the title back, right? Yeah. So, yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, he he did his public service announcement to say, you know, wear your mask or whatever, and then they shot him at home with his acceptance of Goldberg's challenge. I thought, like you mentioned, it was probably the best thing on the show last night. So um, I guess wear your mask. Wear your mask, guys. Social distance. Let's take it seriously. I don't know. I saw a stat in Forbes the other day. One in 500 New Yorkers have died of COVID now. That's a pretty crazy stat. You know, and so the other thing is there's a lot of wrestling coming up. Um, You've got the Royal Rumble is at the end of the month. That's a big multi-person match. So We'll see. I think they, they're probably going to get really secure and safe, lock, try to like lock things down over the next couple of weeks so that they don't put that show in jeopardy. Well, it's a multi-person match or multi-person show, and it's what we talked about 
with the situation, like coming off a of Survivor Series, they ran into, you know, another batch of, of cases and you've got mixed content wrestlers. So they're not inside of the bubble. You know, you're going to have Raw mixed with SmackDown and there's probably going to be some NXT appearances too. Um, so yeah, I think the the level of jeopardy that you kind of put yourself into based on that is is higher, obviously, with a mixed show. Sure, sure. So um, let's let's pivot. We'll, we'll talk about you know, a little bit more news to get into before we go to Raw. But The Rock has a new energy drink called Zoa. It's a, a multifaceted team of fitness, health, and beverage industry change makers. Uh, the Rock and, and friends announced the launch of Zoa. It's a new healthy energy drink set to make waves in the category. Available for purchase in March. It's a reimagined, first-of-its-kind energy drink packed with clean, natural caffeine and green coffee and green tea, powerful antioxidants from Camu Camu and vitamin D and a unique blend of vitamins and nutrients. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a, a whole, you need a, a lot, whole of, lot of ingredients to, to, to read through and clean. And I don't know if it comes it, – like if somebody puts the thing in front of me, I'd probably take a look at it. Um, it's The Rock he likes money and this seems like another outlet for it. I think he's probably got a higher chance of success with this than the XFL. So I'll give him that. And it probably was, well, uh, you know, this all could be, you know, part of like the a multi-branded Moana brand, team, sure. XFL team. And, uh, you know, the, uh, what is this? The, 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 the let's see the Washington DC Zoas versus the mm-hmm. Honolulu Moanas. I don't know. You know, yeah, it could be, could be a whole thing for sure. I mean, they, they, he did a big thing through Dick's last year with his, with his clothing brand. And I've got a couple of different, pieces of his of his um workout gear and i i thought the quality of the stuff was good so yeah it's not like he, I, I don't think he's just putting his name on there because he thinks it's junk like it's just he's, pa- he's past that point i think at this point it's not like he has any shortage for money so it's probably there's probably something good to it i actually i have a lot of faith in anything he puts his name on sure, to me. Sure. i'm not a huge energy drink guy yeah. i do five hour energy when i need it and mm-hmm. if there was a, a rock branded you know, six hour energy, I'd probably take that. <laughs> there, yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, also in the news, we have New Japan's New Beginning Tour was kind of fleshed out. I was getting concerned that um, Tokyo might go into lockdown and they might actually have to cancel some of these shows. But uh, yesterday they had a press conference and released all of their uh, the cards for their upcoming shows. They have a whole bunch. The New Beginning Tour kind of culminates in Hiroshima on February 10th and 11th. On the way there, we have a Road to the New Beginning uh, uh, event on January 23rd that has a tag team title match on the junior side. It's Desperado and Kanemaru facing off against Taiji Ishimori and ELP. Ishimori and ELP both losers at the Wrestle, at Wrestle Kingdom, but they set this angle up on New Year's Dash. So um, it's interesting to me because you know these are, these are four really really good workers um, should be a good match and it's headlining a show so yeah I was so that those are the two things that I was surprised with um, yeah it is kind of this you know a bunch of losers get to be in the spotlight sort of thing I guess um, but they all can work they're fine together I'm sure it'll be a good match that headlining the road too i was like okay this is cool they're they're actually putting a spotlight on the junior stuff because there are definitely times that when outside of like when they're running the tournaments or whatever the juniors does they they are very much treated like juniors i mean 
Yep. Uh, we saw that a little bit, I guess, with the inter- Intercontinental Belt last night, um, not being announced that match. But, you know, yeah, the, the juniors is it, it's for real juniors in, in New Japan. So, yeah, it, 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 I, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested in seeing some of the stuff they decided to put together for this. Like, yeah, it was looking a little further down the card. You see where they've kind of done that a little bit more, too. So I like the tag, the junior tag titles. I think that that New Japan's really faithful to weight classes. Mm hmm. And the fact that they have these junior tags, it's something that they didn't do in WWE when, when they established the cruiserweight division. And I think that would have gave a lot more uh, depth and importance to what was going on because they constantly put these cruiserweights in WWE in tag matches, but they don't. that doesn't mean anything. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in, in 205 was kind of like, it got to be a meme at one point, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's not how, and it is what's interesting being a newer new Japan viewer over the last couple of years, it is a big deal when somebody decides they're going to push themselves out of the junior weight thing. They talk about putting weight on and different stuff like that. And it's interesting to see it because, you know, whether the scales say that they've moved themselves into heavyweight or not, you can see a different physical presentation. Like we're looking at Will Osprey in that match at Wrestle Kingdom versus two years ago when I was first exposed to him and saw him, he was more thin and wasn't quite as 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 muscly or as big as he is now. So it's a real thing, and I, I do appreciate that. And I think you know it gives yourself it gives them a chance to spotlight those wrestlers. And you you don't have to tell this David versus Goliath story constantly. You know, it's it's, it's you know, the other thing is when you uh, when you were to look at Lucha Libre, whether it's AAA or CMLL, a lot of times a lot of multi person matches there, and mm-hmm. so. So that style, the cruiserweight, junior heavyweight style, kind of lends itself well to tag matches. It's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, you got four people running around like crazy, especially if it's tornado style. So it's exciting. Yep. Um, the New Beginning Tour in Nagoya uh, makes a stop on January 30th. You've got three bigger matches there. It's headlined by Shingo Takagi versus Hiroshi Tanahashi in a never openweight championship match. Of course, both Shingo and Tanahashi won at Wrestle Kingdom, and then they set this angle up again on New Year's Dash, uh, as they typically do for the New Beginning Tour. So, you know, this is Shingo on the rise and Tanahashi, you know, trying to reclaim, you know, his legacy. Yeah, it was, I guess, given the given the way that the story had played out for Okan and building Okan a little bit, having Tanahashi win against Okan, putting him immediately into a title position. Maybe they just didn't really have anybody that made a lot of sense with Shingo. They wanted to kind of keep some of the momentum off the Wrestle Kingdom wins. And this is an example of the opposite of what we talked about in the previous match. These were both winners, you yeah. know, and, in the, you know, both of them with, with good matches. Um, so yeah, this, this will be interesting. I don't know. I don't, I don't see Tanahashi taking this off of Shingo. It, Tanahashi to me doesn't never open and, and maybe it's because the first never open that I saw was, was Ishii. Like this idea of never open to me is like the bull in China shop wrestler. And mm-hmm. Tanahashi's always been more of the, you know, the Hulk Hogan, very clean and nice guy. And this is more of the strong style beater title to me, at least. Um, maybe, maybe they'll flip it over to him, but I don't know. I think, I think Shingo keeps it. You know, I think the most compelling thing that they do with this belt is when they have a junior face a heavy. Because yes. they don't typically do that, but that's yeah. the that's the concept of this division. It, and because New Japan has definite juniors and definite heavies, 
Um, it makes this championship interesting because you have back and forth. Mm-hmm. In this situation, you have two heavies. Um, MLW has an open weight championship. Uh, Hammerstone's had that for Ever. the entire existence of the belt. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's his FDW and, uh, belt, basically. Impact has the X division, which is supposed to be the same thing, no limits. But um, but this but this one, I th- and they, Impact has the X division, but they don't have a junior division. So it's like it it doesn't really make a, a ton a ton of sense like as much as this one does. No. So I mean the roots on that was it was really more high flyers. You know, you had your Christopher right. Daniels and AJ Styles and that kind of thing and you know, Amazing Red and Chris Saban and a bunch of those guys and you could showcase it because you had an X over the ring as odd as that sounds now. Um where they were doing some crazy stuff and yeah, it's just kind of that a name now. Um on the undercard of that January 30th show, we've got Will Ospreay versus Kojima and Hiroshi, Hiroyoshi Tenzan versus the Great Okan. So your Empire guys are getting um, what I would assume is a couple of W's on this show. And, you know. Yeah, I guess it's, it's back to the feeding for them again. I mean, Empire was fed really, really well on the run-up. I mean, like I said on the previous show, Osprey was 20-0 and 0 between matches leading up to Wrestle Kingdom against Okada in multiple combinations. So, yeah, I think, you know, the dads are going to come out and they're going to do some wrestling and this this should be some victories. Well, you know, uh, it'll it'll definitely be victories. So the the question is, how good does Kojima look and how good does Tenzan look in these matches? Are they squashes? Um, And then what, what happens next? Because the New Beginning Tour is all laid out already. So so there's nothing on this tour uh, that wraps up on the 10th and 11th. But then they have the next series, which is typically New Japan Cup time. I don't know if they're going to shuffle the schedule because of you know COVID and stuff, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, the, the other thing that could be interesting is, like you said, if these are squash matches, it gives them a chance on the mic to, to decide to do something, or it could really shape the direction of Empire, right? Like the Empire story is kind of, Okada kept me in the background, now I'm rallying my troop and I'm doing, you know, Dirty Dozen style to get these guys in here. And, you know, it was interesting, Osprey treated or uh was on instagram talking about robbie eagles loosely the other day so he would be a great addition for it but you know do we see them attack these revered older wrestlers then do a beat down after the match because that really puts you into the we're yeah. a, a heel faction as well or you know does it just give them a, a, the ability to say i want a rematch or whatever the case may be so they could definitely use these two matches as kind of shaping the narrative of what exactly the empire is is it truly against the corporation and how they were set back or or is it we're going to be bad guys and we're going to take no prisoners so uh, well that's right because uh, kojima and tenzon you know we joke about them being the dads the dad division or whatever but mm-hmm. they're beloved oh absolutely figures, which is why yeah. they still persist tag, tag partners yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely so uh, depending on what happens there, huge momentum. Uh, February 10th and 11th, three title matches. February 10th is headlined by Romu Takahashi versus Sho. And on the undercard, you've got G.O.D. versus Sabre and Taichi. Uh, both, you know, we saw G.O.D. and, and Sabre and Taichi at Wrestle Kingdom. So this is rematch. Uh, and then Takahashi versus Sho should be, should be a great match. Yeah, the two of them can go on their comfortable and familiar with each other so yeah i i think both of those matches should be good i don't see god dropping the titles back to tai chi i think this is just a we need to do this rematch because they deserve the rematch and yep, yep. We'll on with that 
And then on February 11th, the match that was set up at Wrestle Kingdom headlines the event. It's Kota Ibushi versus Sonata. I mean, I think Ibushi is not going to lose on his first title defense, but it wouldn't be unprecedented if he did. Jay White lost on his first. Tanahashi lost on his first. Um, but this this feels like a lot of work went into putting the, those belts on Ibushi, so he's not going to lose them first. Yeah, two, first two, two years worth of G1 wins and stuff to get him in that position. Like, I, I wasn't surprised that Sonata was the opponent, but I think I would have rather in this position seen Evil be the opponent and then set up a Sonata match down the road because I think for the most part, most of us that pay attention are thinking there's no way that Ibushi could. I wish there was, I wish I was a little more concerned that it could actually happen because I think Sonata, we had talked about this before too, like this should be a year where he's pushed and legitimized. I mean, I guess starting off your year with, with a loss to Ibushi isn't the worst thing. Um, can certainly come out of that. And who knows, maybe he's, maybe they're priming him up for a really nice G1 run, which his G1s have been okay. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. I'm sure we'll talk about New Japan more as we get to, um, you know, closer to these actual shows. The yeah. first one we talked about is January 23rd. So we're still. Yeah, we know, got a ways out. Yeah, week or two weeks out. Um, okay. That wraps up the news. Back to your ridiculously random non wrestling audience needs to know you better question of the day, which is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Pick'em a place where you can join or host a pick'em league to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join the league now at prowrestlingpick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. Al Carl, last three shows, went 19-0 and or something. You know, he's picked out. Man's you know, a machine. He's, he's, he's a trivia machine. I think he's got a line in with the bookers, actually, because yeah. it's just it's almost not fair to a degree. Like I got to put myself in the, you know, the blind mice league or something like that to try to uh, feel good about my ego when it comes to pickums. Well, one place where I think you do have perhaps a little more, well, I don't even know. Al, Al knows the Marvel cinematic universe pretty well too, but what's your favorite movie? That's the question for the desk. So my favorite MCU, I'm, I'm going to go way back. I'm going to throw it back to Iron Man, which kind of, um, it's the straw that stirred the drink, right? Like I can remember Iron Man being built up and like, I'm like, man, you know, I love Robert Downey. And if there was anybody to play Tony Stark, it's Robert Downey Jr. Um, The man's lived Tony Stark's life. Uh, So when that movie came out now, going back and watching it now and seeing, you know, some of the way they decided to set up the final act, the final act was a little bit weak. Um, But I don't think that if, if Iron Man isn't, if Iron Man isn't the, we can take this, superhero genre thing serious we wouldn't see all the movies that we've seen come out of that yeah yeah um i mean i love them all 3000 right so they're all great yep um but so so i'll take a different link after seeing so many in the series um i really appreciated how different black panther was from the like the previous million i don't know if black panther is my favorite but i really did like that movie was very refreshing. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, so. yeah, it's definitely a nice fresh take for sure. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about Monday Night Raw. We had, uh, we talked about it a little bit already, but of course the show opened with Triple H and Randy Orton arguing in the ring. Um, I did a quick check during that, you know, of the calendar, and mm-hmm. don't worry, we're still in 2021. We weren't transported back in time. Um, but they fought. They fought in the main event segment of the show. It wasn't a match. Uh, 
They were in a fight. Eventually, the lights went out. Triple H's sledgehammer went up in flames, which was a cool image. Alexa Bliss appeared, and she shot a fireball in Randy's face, which was also another cool image. So um, kind of a weird start. You know, Triple H comes out. I'm hoping he's going to announce, you know, Priest or coming to the main roster or some, something cool like that. But Randy, in a move that made complete sense with his legend killer status, he interrupted the fun. And uh, and there we go. That was, that was the theme of the show. Yeah, it was a, it was a, I thought it was a fine back and forth in the beginning of the show. I didn't know where they were going to take it. Like obviously Hunter called back to the situation with Flair and stuff. And yeah, they, the fiend and, and his helper have supernatural powers of lighting sledgehammers on fire and throwing fireballs. This is predictable, I guess, in a way, because he, you know, vanishes under the ring and does all kinds of different stuff. So, yeah, I didn't have an issue with the with the end or or the beginning of the show at all. You know, I'm thinking after getting shot in the face with a fireball, Randy Orton might have been regretting not setting Alexa Bliss on fire. Yeah, he could have. <laughs> right, exactly. This is and that maybe who knows? Maybe Monday we will find out how he shouldn't have been so, you know, nice to her when he didn't light her on fire. So, so your next question. So is, Randy's Randy's takeaway is light anybody on fire you can. My next question is, where was Randy Orton during the Ric Flair segment? Because if, if Ric Flair ever needed an RKO, it was during this segment where he turned on his daughter, Charlotte. And uh, Lacey Evans and, and Flair apparently made off for the hotel afterwards. So so is this a thing? Like, I, I, I had <laughs> saw that Lacey Evans was going to get a push. And like I had felt like they were giving her a push sort of halfway last year-ish. And OK, so it was flair like are we gonna have a lacey evans charlotte flair fight over my dad saga are we gonna see this long term lacey evans usually always it seems like she gets q1 every year right like yep uh, (laughs) it was kind of like her debut she was you know was coming in uh she had a a big feud with becky lynch and then last year she was in this feud with bailey as a face and I, i thought they had some momentum with her she had very likable backstory with the whole marine business and stuff mm-hmm. like that. they quickly turned her again and now charlotte is charlotte is usually a heel so it's kind of weird i don't know what's happening here with the it's hard, to, hard to understand who, how i should feel about charlotte and and lacey evans and i mean good for rick yeah i i suppose yeah there you go, rick. <laughs> living out he's living his his best life i suppose please don't get covid uh Jeff Hardy had two matches on on Raw. He defeated Jackson uh, Jackson Riker defeated him in forty seven seconds. Um, I believe that was the most Jackson Riker we've seen uh, match wise on uh, one of the main shows. Mm-hmm. And then Hardy defeated Elias in three minutes and forty eight seconds. He won clean with a twist of fate in a swanton. So there's your Jeff Hardy for the week. Mm-hmm. Double. We got a double shot of Jeff Hardy. Um, in, in another you know in another double shot following that uh, Sheamus and Keith Lee they faced Miz and Morrison uh, they won after Sheamus tagged himself in he had a bro kick got the pin big hugs we go to commercial we come back and Keith Lee and Sheamus are fighting each other uh, eventually Keith Lee used a spirit bomb to defeat Sheamus in six minutes 53 seconds uh, Keith Lee has beaten Sheamus a bunch of times now and they're hugging again. So uh, I guess they're friends. They'd like to beat each other up. Yeah, that's just that. That's the storyline there. And apparently, based on the results, Keith Lee is the alpha in this pairing. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I, yeah. Um, quickly run through the rest of the stuff here. T-Bar used Eyes Wide Shut to get the pinfall victory over um, Hootie Beat. Can't even remember. <laughs> Was it Jeff Hardy? It wasn't Ricochet. <laughs> it's horrible. I didn't write it down here. Anyway, T-Bar won. Uh, yeah. Bobby Lashley defeated uh, Matt Riddle with the Hurt Lock in a minute 57. Oh, uh, wait. Matt Riddle defeated MVP. 115 after a DQ with a Lashley Spear. So we got to see Riddle face, you know, two matches. AJ Styles and Drew Gulak uh, had their match, three minutes, 12 seconds. Distraction from almost phenomenal forearm pin for AJ Styles. That ties up that feud from last summer. Yeah, we, six months. We got the payoff after the, that's the third time AJ wins two to one against Drew Gulak. We're surprised. Last match on uh, Raw was uh, Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler getting a win over Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. Uh, Shayna Baszler did a uh, blind tag in. Yeah, she copied Sheamus. She saw Sheamus and how effective it was to get the W and did the blind tag. Well, I mean, if I'm, if I'm sitting there watching Raw and I see that work out so well, I might do the same thing. But, Royal. you know, it, unlike, unlike the previous segments, we didn't immediately get Jax versus Baszler, though, because we had to go to the, the Triple H stuff. Would have been the fourth double match of the night. So, yeah, that would have been. Yeah, they actually had to go to the main. We got a lifeline oh, here. Xavier Woods. Very good. Xavier Woods. Yep. Yep. So he's Thank got you. three more weeks of retribution to go through. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah, on the. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Xavier isn't quite the prospect that Ricochet is, given that they didn't immediately then offer after he got beaten to come into the faction. So they don't want New Day guys, I guess. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. There's a lot of power in the positivity, you know, so <laughs> let's see how it gets booked next week. Okay, so last night after Raw, we had the season two debut of Straight Up Steve Austin. Um, my biggest takeaway from the whole thing was Steve Austin's still a really likable character. <laughs> Steve Austin's great, and, and you probably wouldn't know that about me, but I'm a huge Luke Combs fan. Like, I love that guy. Like, I had tickets to one of his shows in the before times to go, and it got you know, rescheduled a thousand times or whatever, but yeah, I love Luke Combs. He's just, he's the same way. He's just this relatable country guy. Who's just a really good performer and a great songwriter. And just, you know, a guy that made it and just a workhorse kind of guy. And, you know, everything that I've read about him is that he's just a good general dude. So the two of them together and the segments and stuff like that was, you know, just straight up dude stuff is what we were doing. You know, the dart segment was cute and the other stuff they did. So yeah, pretty good show. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's so it's so easy to watch that show. It's really you take out the commercials. It's like twenty minutes, and it's just you know Steve Austin being Steve Austin in real life when he's not mad. I guess. <laughs> yeah, and and you know I just it it tune you know you can turn your brain completely off. You just kind of yeah. watch that, and then I went to bed right after that, so it was yeah. great. Um, I I don't think I've seen every episode of Straight Up Steve Austin, but of all the ones I've seen, I think Luke Combs appeared to be the biggest Steve Austin fan. Oh, by far. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure that was a treat when he got that call. I'm sure it was a treat for him. Like, yeah. you know, um, yeah, I haven't seen a ton of them either. I saw the, I watched the Becky Lynch episode and a couple of the other ones, but maybe a segment or two. I didn't, you yeah. know, I don't have a DVR or anything. Anyway, it's fun. You know, if you got 20 minutes, go watch it, it. Yeah. You can, you can see it on demand, um, USA network.com. So, uh, if you didn't DVR it, it's available. Okay, so we have some lineups for the next uh, for tonight and tomorrow night. 
There's 12, 12 match episode of AEW Dark. So that's kind of on the small side. It might be under two hours tonight. Uh, but that's main evented by Chaos Project versus Top Flight. I guess they're trying to hold back Chaos Project versus Jurassic Express, the Marco, and Luchasaurus. That's what I really want to see because I'm, I'm, I have this image of Luther throwing Serpentico into luchasaurus throwing marco stunt you know they both do the same thing so <laughs> i think they just darted each other right like yeah. it's, it's chicken but it's a jack chicken is what we're doing for right. sure so maybe yeah. eventually we'll get that match tonight mm -hmm. we have chaos project versus top flight but also on uh, being the elite yesterday they actually set up a match between brandon cutler and luchasaurus so we're gonna have dragon versus dinosaur not tonight but next week on dark yeah interesting i mean i i think from from when I saw, I think the first time I saw Brandon Cutler live in a match was the Boston show for a dark match against Joey Janela. And man, very watching his progress from, you know, the BTE camera guy, the Young Bucks friends to legitimate wrestler that is athletic and has got his timing down and has built his body and he's got a character and he's got an appearance has been, has been kind of like a quiet treat on that show. So yeah. And, and generally speaking, a really good dude. Like, yeah, I like that they've leaned into the Dungeons and Dragons stuff, and you know, they're doing the dragon face mask and stuff now. It's, oh it's yeah, in in the whole thing, you know, they they've got Twitch shows and they do different things like that too, with a whole bunch of people on it. So yeah, they they do a really it's funny watching their role playing sessions and stuff like that. I think they did Among Us the other day, which is a hilarious computer game if you get a chance to watch. So the other the other show on tonight starting at eight is Impact, and it's the go home show for Hard to Kill this weekend. We have Rich Swan versus Carl Anderson, Tennille Dashwood versus Rosemary, Kimberly versus Taya Valkyrie, Cody Diener versus Tommy Dreamer, and Kenny Omega and Don Callis will be in the Impact Zone. That's your lineup. Anything on that jumping off the page that you know you need to go make sure you tune in for tonight? I, I mean, I, I think it's I think it's going to be a good show, but like uh, from it's amazing the conversations that we had about impact uh -huh. three or four months ago versus where it's gotten to now. Um, they've kind of, it, I don't know. It's, it feels like they're, they're getting their stride now. Mm -hmm. um, obviously the AEW stuff is, is helping some of that as well, but it, it feels like they've got a locker room that is pretty set on their impact wrestlers. And that's what they're going to do. You know, I say that obviously with what's his face from the North leaving or potentially looking yeah. for something else. Um, then they're going to do a cinematic, I think, on Hard to Kill with the two of them. Karate uh, Man versus Karate. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, if I, I've been watching a lot more Impact than I watched before when we were like, you know, in the Ken Shamrock, Joey Ryan sort of yeah. segment of of Impact. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just it's it has ramped itself up, and I, I probably if you would have asked me six months ago if I saw Impact being like this. I wouldn't have and man are they in a prime spot other than just having to deal with dark you yeah. know as far as tv goes and stuff so yeah yeah I, i'm happy with the what the, the product that they're putting out and i'm excited to see what else they do with that show uh okay then on tomorrow night we have dynamite uh, we'll talk about nxt uh tomorrow but dynamite uh brian cage versus darby allen tnt championship match i don't know if that's the main event but it's the it's the champion only champ one of two championship matches for tomorrow. Um, Hundred pound weight difference between the two of them. It'll be really interesting to see how they make a believable match 
Because I've got to imagine Darby's not losing the title on his first defense. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I, I think the Sting presence is going to help out the suspending the disbelief. Um, Cage is obviously athletic. Um, this is a long brewing feud situation. I mean, yeah. if you remember right, Cage like threw him through the ladder at the pay-per-view when he came out for the first time for the rumble. So it was like, this is a, May. this is a long payoff for this to actually happen. And, and it's nice that they built it to this and I'm glad it didn't not take anything away from the FTW title, but I'm glad that it's, it has something on the line and, and I, I don't think Darby's going to lose it with the presence of staying there. I think it's a weird way to kind of start sting off as a mentor or whatever he is. Um, I don't see a sting turn to team Taz. So yeah, I, I, some shenanigans will probably have to happen um, to make it so that cage loses in a way that looks legitimate. I mean, I'm just hoping that in some way this sets up a sting cinematic match. I mean, I think that's kind of what the hope is probably for revolution is yeah. sting versus, I don't know, sting versus Taz North of the wall or something. I don't know. Yeah, it could be, could be. Um, Chuck Taylor is facing Miro. If Chuck Taylor loses, he's going to be Miro's young boy until beach break. I think we're going to see Chuck Taylor being Miro's young boy until beach break. Which will be interesting. Yeah. Chuck's uh, women, funny. Yeah. Women's division match, Serena Deeb versus Tay Conti for the NWA World Women's Championship. That should be fun. I mean, Serena Deeb, she got her call out from Bailey on Broken Skull Sessions. Uh, she's a great wrestler. Tay Conti is a developing wrestler, but very mature. So it should be, should be fun. Yeah, it'll be interesting if this match upstages the the championship match from the week before, because um, mm -hmm. then you really got to start looking around that women's locker room a little bit and go, oh, you know what? Tay Conti, the real deal. Anna Jay can wrestle. Serena Deeb, like, huh? You know what's going on here? So hopefully the matches the match is solid and it's good and you know. I, I think it will be. I, I like Serena's work, and I think Tay is very athletic. Right. Uh, Jurassic Express versus FTR. Now, this is Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt versus FTR. I don't know if Marco's in there to take the pin or what the deal is, but the kind of the, the way they put the hype around it, it's almost like you, you can't bear to see Marco lose the match, but at the same time, FTR, they I don't know if they've wrestled since much since full gear, so I would imagine they're getting a W. Yeah, I think they had what maybe one match against SCU randomly in between then and now. Um, yeah, with Marco jumping in, I I would agree. I think you're gonna see this. This might be setting them up for a match down the road with the with Luchasaurus there instead, and maybe this is you know kind of shut up and stay back, Marco. But yeah, I I don't know. FTR isn't like comedic, so if they get Marco in the ring, I can't see them you know shenaniganing out like that's just right. not their style and what they do. So. They're going to be pounding somebody, and and yeah, they kind of need to put themselves a little bit on the map. They've talked some trash and stuff like that, um, but it'll it'll be good to see them actually get in the ring and do some work. I'm, 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 I'm kind of sad that this is the match that ended up becoming. Like I would have loved to see regular Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus the Marco stunt tag in. But well, well you know, if maybe that's next. It mm. could be we have Jurassic Express this version versus FTR on New Year's Smash, and maybe at Revolution we have. Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy versus FTR. Yeah, I, you know, if we didn't have, if we had fans all year, I think Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus probably would have been way at the top of the tag division because 
those those guys were so likable and they're they're getting such huge fan reaction and then yeah. they went away and i think aw not not um a knock on them but I, I think they did rely on some of established stars because you know we knew they would work so yeah well i mean the commitment's certainly there i mean tony khan went out of his way to buy the licensing rights for jungle boys you know song yeah. So yeah. I, I, they're not going away. Those, those guys are, they are hanging around, but yeah, I definitely think it took some of the wind out of their sails and, you know, changed some of the thing when the world, you know, changed around a little bit on us. Uh, Pac and Eddie Kingston. That's a big, that's a big uh, feud as well. That's coming to a close or, or appears to be coming to a close on tonight's or tomorrow night's show. So, um, that should yeah, be the, the the meme when Pac came back was the Eddie Kingston versus Pac custody of the the Lucha Bros right. match. Um, so we're seeing this. Um, they're they've they've fought each other before. Um, yeah, this should be good. Um, very different styles. Um, you know, Kingston obviously doesn't do the stuff that Pac does. Although outside of some finishing, it does seem like Pac has been a stronger, more beefy version of Pac than a Neville shooting star sort of guy here um and he probably prefers it because boy some of the some yeah, of the bumps that he, some of the bumps that he took in wwe during his tenure there um he's probably happy to slow it down and put a little bit more weight on and be a little bit more fierce than, than sure. this high-flying lunatic yep for sure um and then we have uh the elite is going to be in action we don't presumably that's kenny omega and the bucks but you know who knows if the good brothers are also there so yeah good good brothers are technically bullet club versus elite but we'll see yeah i, I don't know who they're gonna like this probably is gonna kick off the program like i don't know if they just feed somebody you know we see a you know, Lee Johnson, varsity, varsity or yeah we could see nightmare factory that kind of thing or something somebody just comes out that's a you know that i'm not gonna take it for the locker room kind of thing this takeover sucks and does something there but somebody's going to get probably pummeled tomorrow on that any thoughts on who what the inner circles new year's resolutions will be so i'm i don't know what's going on with the inner circle um in a, in, a, in a good way um you know i i think my, my prediction is that 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 we see jericho shaved off of the new of the inner circle and Sammy Guevara as well. I think we see them both go face and I think MJF takes it over. It's certainly that segment with the, with the passing away that he did with proud and powerful certainly seems like it's turned the corner there. Hager too. And, and, yeah, as well. Right. So I, the, it's a, it's a mixed weird situation, but this is an enjoyable one rather than a confusing one to me. Like yeah. I want to know what's going to happen and how they're going to book this and what they're going to do with it and what story they're going to tell. And there's a whole, like right now there's a whole lot of talent wrapped up in that package. And if I, if I were to say anybody's gotten the short end of the stick here, I mean, Sammy had his time off, so he hasn't really gotten himself into like a real program other than the Matt Hardy thing, which, you know, with the concussion and stuff kind of set that short, but man, for as much pomp and as excitement as it was when Proud and Powerful came over, I feel like they haven't really gotten their due getting pushed through the title rank or any of that kind of stuff. Man, you know, I'd love to see Proud and Powerful FTR like like 
get them in the picture, guys, because they're not being used and utilized, I don't think, out of all those guys in the inner circle have probably had the least amount of time there. And it's got to be compelling for them now that they're looking back at Impact now and going, huh, we left Impact to come here for this thing. And boy, Impact is really good. And the tag division's not so terrible over there anymore. Like, you know, so... When I was putting my my book together, The Wins and Losses, I had my pages on Santana and Ortiz, and they had hardly any tag matches, just the two of them. Yep. Um, It was mainly a bunch of, like, the inner circle, like, as a whole, or variations of the inner circle, or Jericho and Ortiz, or Jericho and Santana, Sammy and one of them. They really have not had a whole lot of uh, traditional two-on-two tag matches. So, yeah, I think it's... Pull the, let's pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's get them back in that in that capacity. Let's let's see them tag again. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of people for them to work with at this point. There's no oh, shortage yeah. of tag teams in AEW. It's probably the strongest tag division that ever. By by far, by far. Yeah, uh, Cody Rhodes will be in Britt Baker's waiting room. Mm-hmm. Don't know what he has to say. Maybe Shaquille O'Neal stop by. Maybe Jade Cardgill. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is. Um... Maybe this is a callback because Brandy's – I really hope they don't go into the let's get heat on Brandy during the pregnancy nonsense. I don't care if they want to call Cody out for it during this thing, but I really don't want there to be an angle that involves a pregnant woman outside of talking shit that way. Like, yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't have a problem if somebody wants to call out Moxley for his pregnant wife at home. That's fine. Do whatever you want. Don't get them involved in the show in any kind of way or do any kind of weirdness that way, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and it'll be interesting because Cody, I think right now, um, he's kind of in between things. He had a little Team Taz thing. There's something going on with Sting. There's something going on with Shaquille O'Neal, um, but nothing kind of like definitively happening right now. So yeah, last week was the Go Big Show kind of thing. Right, calling back right. to that and stuff. All right, that'll do it for Dynamite. Uh, only one thing left to do. It's trivia. My favorite. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the scoreboard, much to your delight. Uh, Al Carl, five for five. John DeCani, incredibly 10 for 10. Last last month was doing very, very poorly. And then he kind of turned it on towards the end of the month, and, and now he's in his stride. So we'll see if that continues. Uh, John Smith just done one show. You have only done one show, but you definitely need to get a uh, – a Goldberg or Oscar style victory today. To it's impossible up. to compete with this Hall of Fame of marks that you have on your other shows. That's all <laughs> I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. Well, you're stretched out, I can tell. So mm-hmm. I'm ready so. to go. Let me put on my good luck scarf. Very good. Today's trivia is brought to you by the Body Slam Brigade newsletter. It's a free newsletter authored by me for you. For free. Uh, subscribe now at bodyslambrigade.com. All right. Travis, Cody Rhodes lost three singles matches in 2020. He lost the TNT Championship to Brody Lee. He lost the TNT Championship to Darby Allen. And he lost one other match. Who did he lose to? MJF. MJF at AEW Revolution. And the rest of the questions are all going to be about AEW Revolution. Great. So this. Perhaps more than the first ever WCW Monday Nitro should be in your wheelhouse. I feel like you have a solid chance here. 
Well, I was live in attendance, so yes, one would hope. Uh, okay, Orange Cassidy had his first singles match at AEW Revolution. It was a losing effort against... He's going to try against Pac. That's right, Pac. Okay. Two for two. Okay. I'm not even giving you multiple choice. So. No, that's fine. Nyla Rose entered AEW Revolution as the women's world champion. She left that way too. Who did she defeat? Who did Nyla Rose beat for the title? Not for the title, to retain the title. Oh, to retain. Uh, did she beat Riho? No. Chris Statlander. Oh, God. Chris Statlander. Okay. Two for three. No. Two for three. John Smith really likes Hall of Fame marks. I think that's <laughs> that might be how we have to brand this. Uh, this <laughs> the winner. I'm, just, I'm just a casual fan. These yeah. guys are the Hall of Fame marks for sure. The, the winner each month, I think, has to carry that title. Mm-hmm. Hall of Fame mark. I Right, right below the name, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, did you uh, see? Did you see Selena De Laurentiis' new shirt? No. What is it? Good evening, later, ladies and gentle marks. <laughs> That's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Your fourth question. Only one member of the inner circle got. Uh, only. Excuse me. Only one member of the inner circle got a victory that night. Who was it? Jake Hager. Yes, Jake Hager defeated Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes in the opener. Yep. Okay. Uh, Two-part question for your final question. Mm-hmm. To complete our inner circle discussion. Okay. Sam Guevara and Chris Jericho both lost at Revolution. Who did they lose to? Well, Chris Jericho lost to John Moxley. Yep. And Sammy Guevara lost in a really good match against Darby Allen. Darby Allen. Yes, it was it was uh short match because they wrestled for so long before the bell rang that's yeah it was 10 minutes outside of the ring and like another 12 in the ring or you know six outside and seven inside yeah it was a and that was sammy i think was coming into form and darby was coming into form then and then you know obviously this is we're like at that point two weeks away or three weeks away from the world getting shut down yes yeah man trajectory changed really quick uh, Darby Allen comes to the ring, immediately shoots himself to the outside in a suicide dive. Before they ever start the match, uh, Sammy Guevara does a 450 through a table. Yeah, it was, the floor. it was absurd. That hot start. I don't think Sammy was – I don't think Sammy knew that he was going to shoot that quick, and he did because usually you see when something like that's going to happen, they'll brace themselves a little bit. But, man, he went right into the railing and stuff. I was like, wow, this one's on fire, and out of the gates we go. And then you even said – are they going to ring the bell? And I'm like, well, they're not kind of technically in the ring yet. So, <laughs> so I mean, Darby puts the suicida in Tope suicida because oh, yeah, he doesn't um, care. It's all. like reckless abandon. Doesn't put his hands up. Like, yeah, you know, he's like a jackass stunt double for those guys yeah. that like, okay, we're not going to go in and live sharks. And they just like, okay, let's tag in Darby Allen. He'll do some insane stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Given the circumstances, you went four for five. That gives you a Goldberg Oscar Award. Congratulations. And that's our show. Uh, Join us tonight for the Essential Wrestling Podcast. We'll be making our picks for uh, Hard to Kill. And then tomorrow, our show is going to return with Jeff Johnson as a special guest host. So that's it. Travis, any parting words? 
Nope. Enjoy your wrestling. There's a whole lot of it this week again. So have fun out there. Be safe. Enjoy the weather. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.